0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast.
1: I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish.
0: This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly.
1: We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here
0: we go. You. Yep.
1: Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear needed to be re-edited. All the guests and stories you love so much are still the same, we just needed to bleep out a few things for privacy. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment.
0: Woo! We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you.
1: In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals.
0: Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high converting Tinder bio.
1: We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner.
0: If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you.
1: We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times.
0: And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys.
1: Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're going to take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup.
0: Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here.
1: We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the How to Have Threesomes Instagram.
0: You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. And now, back to the episode.
1: This is the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm and I'm. And today we have a guest. We have Philip here. He's
0: our our first (laughs) man that we've had um, on this podcast. So we know that you guys had a lot of questions for him. And we're really excited today to get into his brain and pick at some of his wisdom and talk about all these crazy stories. So you guys definitely want to stick around for the end of this one. He
1: definitely has some interesting stories. So Philip, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Philip. I am originally from Sweden. It's a bit of backstory about where I'm from. Um, But yeah, I I travel and teach yoga. It's what I do. It's my passion, it's my work and it's where I put my focus. Um, You're really very good
0: at it too.
2: and that's the definition is, you know, you can be subjective. what, what is good and what is not in, in that realm. But I'm a flexible person, but it doesn't make me a good yogi. <laughs> and How did you find yourself in b****? Hmm. So long story short, I, um, I was in Guatemala and a friend of mine called me a few years ago. He was like, would you like to come over to b**** and uh, assist me on the yoga retreat? And I said, yeah, absolutely, get me out of this shithole. So he flew me here, and that was the first time, that was four years ago now. So that's how I found myself in b- super non-planned. And have you come back for more yoga retreats? I've been back here every, for me, winter, because I'm from Sweden, so I clearly have winter in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Every winter I come back here for, for the winter period back home. Um, and yeah, I've been hosting retreats here since.
0: It's a good plan.
2: Mm-hmm. It is a good plan.
0: Good, good life right
1: now. Mm-hmm. So let's jump straight into it. How old were you when you discovered your sexuality?
2: When I discovered my sexuality, I mean, discovering sexuality, I think, goes hand in hand with like starting to like touch yourself and exploring that whole realm. That was early. I was a kid that was like, you know, I had a lot of friends that was older than me. I really have this memory when I was like young and I was playing an NBA game on my computer and they were like cheerleaders on the game, like a video of cheerleaders. I remember I got like my first heart on when I was like a kid, and I remember this now. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> is that like fucked or not?" But yeah, so that must have been like the initiation to That's that whole awesome. thing. That was like the from an NBA the game. first moment of like peak. <laughs> Do you
0: have an idea of how old you were? Like seven, eight, or
2: yeah, ish. Okay. Maybe nine. Okay. So you Let's two say ten. People are in this together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was, the, that was the initial, like, stage of, of, I think, like, discovering that there is something about this thing that is attached to me, my penis, that is supposed to, you know, it's, it's there for more reasons than just peeing. <laughs> yeah, there's a,
0: a whole other realm attached mm. to that.
1: And um, so another thing that we talked about briefly at the spa the other day was how does yoga affect your sexuality or how does it affect your opportunities with women?
2: Hmm. I mean, I move around in a quite specific circle of people mm-hmm. because of what I do, because of my passions, because of where I put my focus. So my circle is, I would say, quite special in terms of who's attracted to that circle and the people that moves within that circle. And there is uh, definitely, you know, a more, open, um, a more open approach to sex, to sexuality, to the en- energetics of sex and whatever that means and what comes with that. It's opened up a lot of space for exploration on all levels of, of intimacy with both men and women. Um, In the yeah.
1: practice itself, or with the yoga community, or...?
2: I would say more with the community, you know? The practice itself doesn't necessarily point towards any sort of sexual practices. So, just because I am practicing yoga doesn't mean that it opens up opportunities, or it, it doesn't come with a package of practices that yeah. involve sexuality. but. It invites me to move in circles where sexuality is, I would say, more of an open subject.
0: Like something that I know we've definitely talked about on other episodes was how when we entered the circus community, especially like high-level circus, there was just a lot more like kind of open relationships and threesomes and people who had done what normal society would think of as like kind of crazy Mm. sexual things. Mm. And it was just so commonplace. And I'm not sure if it was because everyone was just like young and hot, and had all this sexual energy or just... The open-mindedness of, of people but I have found that being in and or the kind of yoga community that I'm starting to find also has people who are more open-minded to a realm of things but mm. relationships are included in that
2: hmm
1: we had a question on here originally and it was what is Tantra and how did you first discover it and Philip corrected us and said Tantra isn't necessarily <laughs>
0: well, related to sex let, let him answer this what what did you say because you
2: No, but just like briefly, so the practice of Tantra, which is an ancient practice that comes with, actually comes within sort of the package of yoga, or yoga comes actually within the package of Tantra. You know, we can unpack this in so many different ways. But briefly, Tantra is a, there's a few different approaches to it, but it's about how can we find fulfillment both in this life as these bodies and as spiritual beings, and how can we merge that as one? And, you know, within that comes, like, how can we find pleasure in life in, on all dimensions? From finding the pleasure of eating to sleeping to also in that absolutely sharing sexuality and intimacy. But Tantra doesn't necessarily speak to any sort of sexual practices mm-hmm. or specifically going to how or what or when you should have sex. It doesn't speak to that. So I just want to touch upon that, you know, there's so many people that uses that word within specific circles today and it really does not have traditionally anything to do with that. So it's uh, more of a mindset. More it's of more of a spiritual. mindset. And, you know, what I said is really what it's all about and what it's speaking to when it comes to specifically sexuality is, you know, conscious intimacy and whatever that means. But bringing a whole nother level of consciousness into your intimacy and radical communication into your intimacy and how can we meet yeah from a more conscious perspective
0: i think from the heart that's really important i think for people to understand because at least for me i know i've only started hearing that phrase within like the last year or two and it's Mm. very trendy for it to be like you know in a barnes and noble in the bookstore it's like tantra sex for your like Mm. you know spicing up your marriage and it's this kind of only tied to sexual situations and i didn't know until very recently that it include like kind of all other aspects of life but
2: so many it's really it comes down to a it's it's actually mostly a practice of meditation and of a ceremony with yourself internally that's really what it is and it doesn't actually at all speak to indulging with other people or doing anything with anyone else but yourself so that's really the essence of, of tantra and then there's so much more to it but mm. it's, a, it's a brief explanation and a brief like looking into what that is. Oh,
0: thank you for clarifying. And now we mm. all know folks, look into it yourself.
1: <laughs> what was your first experience in an open relationship?
2: So my first experience with an open relationship, I was, I was with a woman a few, a few years ago that she was really intrigued by it. And we had already moved in circles where that was sort of socially accepted. And not a very uncommon thing. At the time, it really, um, it scared me and it triggered me quite a bit. So, yeah. Just to clarify, were you her
1: primary partner?
2: I was her primary partner. We were monogamous at the time and mm-hmm. I was her primary partner. And yeah, that relationship I think ended because she was so attracted to that specific thing and really wanted to open herself up to being with other people and I was at the time absolutely not ready for that.
1: And so you tried it with her and you just found that it wasn't
2: something you wanted to commit to. Exactly. We tried, we went through that thing and I was not at the time into committing or or trying that further or going.
0: All the self work that goes into not driving yourself crazy. Oh yeah, exactly.
1: Where did you guys explore? Did you explore at parties or did you explore with people that no, you knew no so about? this
2: was more something that we and this is not something that we explored together Um you oh, did it separately is, yeah we did it separately oh and this was a, a separate thing uh, most of the time where you know it would be a, a moment to moment thing where maybe she I remember one time she was she was going away for a week and she called me and she was like Yeah, hey, there's this man here that I'm super attracted to and I want to explore oh, I want to explore with so him so hard yeah <laughs> that was that phone call like fuck <laughs> That was deeply, you know, uh, challenging for me. I wasn't specifically ready to, I think, commit to staying in that relationship because the interest was too big yeah. into having that sort of dynamic. And I was not ready for that at the time. And how long did that relationship last? <sighs> really good question. Maybe uh, <laughs>
1: seven months-ish, I would okay. say. And yeah. was it one of your first relationships? or was this mm, No, long-term?
2: it was It was not one of my first, but I've not had that many relationships actually. But. It was, it was quite a while ago now. I would say that it was, um, let's say, four or five years ago. Almost. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then the first night that we really got to spend time with mm. you, you were telling us that you recently-ish uh, were in a relationship with a woman who is also married.
2: Yeah.
1: Was that your second?
2: Yeah, so down. after moving out of this relationship, uh, you know, clearly that was heartbreaking in a way. Yeah. And I think that I was just ready to... Like, okay, I'm going to face whatever this is. Where's this fear coming from? So you didn't you didn't shy away from it. You wanted to approach
1: it. No, right? absolutely
2: not. I really, I was just not ready to go full power. I think she was way ahead. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't keep up. So I felt like, okay, if I want to do this work, I need to like move in my pace.
0: Start from the beginning. Yeah, and
2: start from somewhere that feels good for me. So I started really like diving into it and facing those fears. And yeah, the woman that came into my, my field a few months later was a married woman uh, in her... Yeah, she was 46 at the time.
1: And how did you meet her? Did you meet her through friends or through the scene? or?
2: Mm, I met her through the scene, okay. through the, the conscious scene. I met her at a festival called Sexibility, mm-hmm. in Sweden. It's a festival that specifically speaks to conscious sexuality but also speaks to bdsm
0: sounds like a
2: fun party it is a fun party (laughs) uh, bdsm and but everything is sort of approached from this conscious foundation Mm -hmm. you know so how can we bring this consciousness and this yeah, all this consciousness into these fields that sometimes can be quite toxic.
0: Conscious Mm. (laughs) flogging.
2: So going to these events, did that help you with your jealousy or the... Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being in circles where it was okay to explore many people at the same time, I think that helped me. And to see that, you know, there is a capacity within us innately to love more than one person at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, uh, as much as we want to neglect that, it's a truth that lies within every single one of us. There is a capacity to love more than one person intimately as well. Uh, and then, you know, we have to set. A Specific set of boundaries within our own relationships to navigate these things, but that's really what it is And I think most people they reject that.
0: Yeah Well, I think the framework that society has given us makes it toxic, right? That's mm. why people end up as like serial cheaters and feeling like their needs aren't getting met because we're expecting like what a whole village used to Give us out of one person. So exactly. right? your sexual partner your best friend your companion you're like, you know, I feel like we asked too much of one person and I'm jumping backwards, but you met her at this conscious event and mm-hmm. Like, did you guys just have an interaction, you connected really well, and then she told you, or did you always yeah, know yeah. she was married? Like, how does that... It was
2: a beautiful meeting, you know, she's been within the within the realm of, of conscious sexuality for many, many years, and she's a absolutely crazy embodied woman, and she really knows herself in so many ways. She holds herself beautifully. Anyways, yeah, I was just deeply attracted by this woman. And at the time, I mentioned her age, she was 46, and I was 21 at the time. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's maybe may a fun thing to mention. But I yeah, was just deeply attracted by her and I felt this, this deep need to, to approach her. She was married and she also had another lover at the time. So were she they was, both at the
0: event? No,
2: none, none of, of them were at the event. Okay. And yeah, I approached her and I, it was a, a big like thing <laughs> of like synchronicities and us sort of like ping-ponging until we really got that sort of meeting. But yeah, it was initiated at this festival. Did you ever feel jealous with her? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a bit further in, I'd say, but in the beginning, no, absolutely not. And I, th- I think actually, to be honest, in this whole sort of exploration with her, I never really felt jealous because uh, I went into this knowing that she had a husband had a and a primary partner. lover. Yeah, yeah, and I was like oh, I'm just like sort of riding this va- wave and I'm just mm-hmm. jumping into something. So who am I to actually be jealous? Yeah. Sometimes it's easier said than done, though. Absolutely. But again, I think it all, it comes from, you know, where are you initiated into this and where do you come from? And I came from a place where I was like, they should be jealous. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I'm sort of like just jumping in on this.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it sounds like I'm just jumping in and uh, I can just do whatever I want. It's not that. But I'm sort of like, I'm allowed into a space where there's already two other men. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and her at the time was only sharing intimacy with one of them. That's one other story. So I didn't feel the, I didn't have the right to be jealous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we didn't have that sort of connection yet.
1: Did, did she place any sort of boundaries on the relationship with you or...?
2: She's a big woman of boundaries so absolutely this was a a journey of consent in so many ways and really finding ways to be honest like radically honest but to not be also like really quick about things but communicating detail to detail what is moving how are we feeling how can we navigate this what is okay can I touch you here can I place my hand there just moving extremely slowly. And it moves and it brings such deep wanting and longing also because there's this, you move in such a slow pace. And I, I think this is the essence also of conscious sex is that you move in such a pace. So often today in society, sex, sexuality and sex is so goal oriented. You know, we have sex to get to a specific point. But what we want in conscious sex is bringing that climax point into every single touch, into every single movement, into every single second of the interaction. So we never actually move to the climax. We don't even move to the, to the orgasm. We, we peak and then we back off. We peak and we back off. So we always stay within this realm of deep, like orgasmic bliss, I would savoring
0: say. every moment in between too.
2: Exactly, and just allowing ourselves to be in whatever is happening right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's also a crazy big journey of allowing yourself to become both the giver and the receiver. So often, you know, we play we you, in sexual intimacy. We usually play one of those roles. One often plays to give her and one often plays to receive her. And that's usually always how it is. And when, when I met this woman and she was like, you got to learn how to receive. I was like, fuck, how do I do that? I just, I'm so used to giving. You know, I was attached to, I was like, the peak for me is when, an, when a woman comes. That yeah. was like the peak for me. I was like, cool. I just
0: I win every over. box.
2: Yeah. I was like, I don't care if I come. I know I can come so easily. Yeah. But to make a woman come, that was like accomplishment. That was like... I know I'm a good lover if I can do that and she was like you're not gonna touch me today you're just gonna receive like fully receive and you know whenever I would like fidget and try to like touch her do something she was like no 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 no. you just stay there and you just lie there and you know you're just gonna be 100% okay with receiving and you're not gonna do anything today and that was like that was like so fucked for me Like really, like allowing myself to fully receive like that was so weird. I, it was a big journey of allowing myself to, to be that. And I realized, you know, there's, there's essentially, when you allow yourself to receive, you're actually giving. You're giving permission to someone to give to you because giving is equally as beautiful as receiving. They go hand in hand and without one, there is not the other. So, I realized that we both need to embody these qualities. I, you know, and, and my partner as well, she wants to be able to give yeah. and receive. But I'd always been the giver in that sort of, kind of like dynamic. Like
0: Off balance is things.
2: Well, super. And I think it's very common, actually. Like, super common. Yeah,
0: well, I can imagine, too, because that sounds fairly similar to a <clears throat> someone else here in this podcast. And I'm wondering if there is a tendency between men uh, like. For anyone who hasn't seen um, our guest yet, he's another very attractive man with abs and I imagine can play like a more dominant role in relationships and with women the way Ricky does a lot of the times. And I feel like having that role of like being this like big strong man in the bedroom and women either expecting something for you or you're expecting of yourself to like Mm. accomplish these goals can make it hard to just kind of lay back and take the pressure off and just kind of...
2: Fully because <laughs> when we talk about energetics too, it's like you're really allowing yourself to step into more of a feminine quality. And it doesn't mean that you're a woman, it means that you're stepping into more of a feminine energy. The feminine energy is really this energy of surrender and receiving. You know, there's this beautiful quote that says the masculine needs to be the totem pole for the women to dance around. Oh, I like you that. know, I love that because it's really about the masculine energy is really the foundation for the feminine energy to move freely within. Mm-hmm and to surrender so the masculine is holding the space essentially it's the giver of foundation so that the feminine can just receive and be within that space and for me and to be a receiver is more about dropping into that feminine space and for a man that can be super challenging just open yourself to to receiving and to being vulnerable within that space because so much can come up within that I've had moments, actually one of the most beautiful moments for me of really allowing myself to receive. So with the partner that was married, we didn't have sex for for the first three or four weeks. We explored a lot of like deep energetic intimacy and we were really like sort of teasing each other for a long time and it builds a lot of excitement
0: three weeks of foreplay.
2: it was a lot of orgasms without even touching because right. there's so much boundaries but then there's still so much excitement within those boundaries because you know that you're not allowed to go there and you respect that but the longing becomes it. even like more ecstatic it's like do you know how much I want you right now you know I want to be inside you but I'm not even really going to place my hand on you That's like... And just being and sitting in that space is like, wow. And just allowing yourself to explore that and to feel those rushes of energy moving through you. Anyways, when we got to a point, she told me she was like... So we were sharing an intimate space and she told me, you're not going to be allowed into my, my vagina until you open your heart to me, she said. And I was like, well, I hear what you're saying. It sounds beautiful, but I have no idea what you mean. You know, at the time, I just... I was like, okay, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fast forward the same night, um, I just felt something happen to me. I don't know what, but it felt like my heart sort of cracked, like something just like, it was like a sort of armor just fell off. And I could just allow myself to fully just be me without trying to be anything else but me. You know, I was not trying to show off. I was not trying to hold a certain tension that we do as masculine energy also always but i could just drop into this like ease and softness and just like completely relax and i was like this is me take it or leave it and she told me at that point it was something happened i just felt it so deeply and obviously she felt it too because she was like i just want to let you know that you're welcome to enter Mm -hmm. me now
0: she's like we're ready
2: yeah and i just started crying oh i was like I was like, it's absolutely not the last thing that I wanted to do, but <laughs> I realized that I'd probably never opened myself so deeply to anyone ever before. And you know, being and allowed. Too. Yeah, and allowed someone so deeply into my heart and into my space. <clears throat> and it felt for the first time like someone was sort of, it sounds cliche, but it, so, it felt like someone was sort of holding my heart. And it was like, this is who I am. you, you know. vulnerable so vulnerable it felt like at that point she could just drop it and I would just Just be completely broken and shattered Mm -hmm. but I was so deeply trusting in the process and I was like I know I knew that she would like respect and honor but it felt like she was holding who I am in my heart and I was just bawling my eyes for like an hour because I was like it felt so scary but so beautiful to have someone so deep inside me not inside my body Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but inside my heart and I was like, wow, this is a next level of intimacy. And this is also what we speak to when we speak about, you know, conscious sex. It's not about penetration. <laughs> that's like old stuff. You know, you can, can penetrate. <laughs> absolutely. But you can penetrate each other on so many more levels than physically. And yeah, there's so many mental dimensions and heart dimensions and energetic dimensions that you can dive into. And that's going to be so much more ecstatic and orgasmic than any physical sex I've ever had in my life. Even though I had a good orgasm, like really being like devoured by energetic orgasm, then it's hard for me to say how to get there, <laughs> but that's a whole other dimension of sexuality and intimacy. If people wanted to learn more
1: about this, everything
2: that you're saying, mm. how, how would you suggest they find out more? I would say, you know, what I've done for so many years, for example, I have a super committed yoga practice. And what that does to me is that it builds energetic sensitivity. You know, this is a whole realm to dive into. But when you start fine tuning yourself to energy and when you start becoming more sensitive to energy because you practice various things like maybe breathwork or yoga, all these things that brings you more into center and more into mindfulness with every moment you also become more sensitive to what is in this moment. And that is essentially energy. And when you learn how to feel and play with that energy, you can also learn how to feel and play with that energy with other people, both collectively and one-to-one. And when you do that, you can start creating some beautiful things with just moving energy that really can induce people in deep ecstatic states of orgasm. And also when you induce that within the sexual energy, there's a whole other level to it. So what I would say is up your energetic sensitivity. That's the first thing, because otherwise you're not gonna have a fucking clue what I'm talking about.
0: Working on yourself first. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly, no, I mean you gotta learn how to love yourself before you can truly love another person deeply and that goes into all levels of loving you know, intimacy sex, just showing up for another person, you need to do that for yourself and to be honest practice self love and practice like you know, like really intimately loving yourself sexually as well and just be with yourself you know, I have a beautiful practice that was given to me by one of my teachers and it was like Jerk off and think about yourself. Hmm. I was like, that's fucked. How do I do that? But he was like, that's the absolute number one practice that is going to teach you how to fully love yourself. He was like, can you become so in love with yourself that you can just not think about anyone else when you're jerking off or when you're like intimately touching yourself? Because I was, you know, whenever I've done that my whole life, I've been thinking about someone else. I've been projecting these thoughts I've been projecting upwardly. I was thinking about a, a person that I was, you know, attracted to and that would bring me to the peak. But it was like, think about yourself and be with yourself. That's how you start like really developing like deep self love into the root.
0: Okay. If everyone heard that, that is homework assignment number one from Philip. Absolutely. Masturbate, love yourself, mm. self work, tune in.
1: And but, so. All of this that you've learned, would you say that you've learned it more from like being in the scene, going to sex parties? Mm. Do you feel like that has developed you into who you are today?
2: I think to be honest with you, I think everything that I've learned is something that I've learned through practicing all these things with myself. Mm-hmm. And sex parties has been a beautiful plus. I mean, I've learned things with people, I'm but still on the cake. <laughs> Exactly, but most of these things I've learned from committing to myself and being with myself in silence and in all these different modalities and spiritual practices. Like, for example, I'm super, I said that before, but I'm super committed to my yoga practice, and it's taught me so much about myself. And the more I learn about myself, the more full I can, you know, show up in every relation, in every moment, to, in relation to every person. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing. And then, of course, like, for example, with the woman that I was with, it taught me also so much in relation to another person um, but the majority of, of what I've, I've learned comes from, from just a self-practice within. Yeah
1: a question about the relationship. did you ever have any
2: experiences with her
1: husband or with her other lover? No, I
2: spoke to them. No, actually I didn't spoke to her lover. I spoke to her husband. He was Did you ever
0: meet him like in person? No I actually did
2: not. We, we talked over Skype a few times and we said hi, He's and like, we were hey. checking in, but he was super cool, and he... Yeah, it was deep respect, and I know that he would... he trusts his, his wife deeply.
0: She seems like she knows herself well. Oh, for and sure.
2: And I think that she knows herself and can hold herself so well, because she has a husband that that holds her in that way, and that seems to respect her. She's really grounded back home. Oh, for sure. So he was like, he was just deeply respectful of me and yeah.
0: I'm, I'm curious, do you know, did he have other lovers and partners too?
2: He did, yeah. Okay, he, so it was... Yeah, he no, it was mutual. And, and, and did you have other lovers and partners as well? Good question. At the time, I think I was actually quite committed to being with only her because she did something with me that made me completely unattractive to anyone else yeah, around well, me. Yeah, was
0: like, what's a fucking Tinder date yeah. you have know, someone who's, like, accepted your soul, like...
2: Exactly. So I was not necessarily close to it. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I was completely open on all dimensions to, like, exploring whatever I wanted to, but I was like, I'm going there. The know? options
0: didn't even look yeah. interesting anymore. It was
2: like, all these other people are just not interesting. So, I think that's the main reason why I was not exploring with anyone else at the time. Yeah. Um,
0: Drumroll, for the main... not the main question, at least one of the questions, which I think we've already gone over, but have you ever had a threesome? Mm. With a primary partner or two single people yeah yeah actually,
2: we kind of know the answer to this he kind of told us a little yes bit. but <laughs> <Yeah>. they don't <laughs> <laughs> no i've That's i've good. had actually i've had one threesome it's, it feels interesting to say but i have a one th- i've had one threesome with my best friend mm-hmm. who is a man and how did you meet the girl was it
1: someone that you knew or someone you met
2: we were like super happy we had been like me and my two best friends we're like a tripod we're like the three musketeers <laughs> we had been uh a meeting a super successful successful business meeting and we were just super happy and none of us are really drinkers um, But we're like, let's go out and have a beer and you know how that turns out So like, another and another and then we're all of a sudden at a nightclub and we have none of us had done that for like years
0: Hits you hard. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, and we were like, okay, f- it's cool <laughs> And yeah, one of my best friends he hooked up with this girl and she was like, yeah you all can come and stay at my place the we're three like, of
0: you and her.
2: Yeah, but she was like, you can come say my place yeah. because we were we're all kind of living off from the city and there was no way for us to get there. So we were either going to get a hotel room or do something like this. She was yeah. like, come back to my place, fine. Anyways, we got there and obviously, you know, I just, I just lie down in her bed and my best friend does too. And my third best friend, he's like, no, no, no. I'm just going <laughs> to go to another really? space. Yeah, he was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. He's like... He's like you fucked and actually because my friend was the my other friend was the guy who bought her home, or she bought him home. Yeah. She bought us She guys. brought you guys home. Exactly. He was like, Leave the fucking room man, what are you doing? It's like I'm just like
0: This is my price. This is
2: my price. This is this is for me, you know? <laughs> She brought me home, and you guys are just like, ha- "You should be happy to only be here." Yeah. and I was like, "No, I'm not going anywhere." Oh
0: fuck!
2: <laughs> and he was like, "Leave the fucking room, you stupid!" I was like, "No, I'm not going anywhere." You oh know, and I, like, and I was like, "Fuck, sister." He was my be- he's my best friend too. So I was just like teasing him fucking with him. <laughs> Yeah, long and story short. In the
0: room and she's like, I'm taking both. He's long like, oh. story
2: short, I just refuse to leave. She comes back and we end up having a threesome.
0: So she was clearly <laughs> down with the idea. She,
2: had no she was so down and she, and she for- deeply enjoyed it.
1: So your, your friend forgave you as well after that?
2: <laughs> he was never angry with no. me. It was just like the day after I was the one who was like, fuck, why did we do that? <laughs> like, my oh friend my was God. like, he was like just laughing about it. He was like, yeah. I knew that you would like think of think like this the day after. So that's sort of me, especially with like drinking. You know, sometimes you just get into these feels and you get out on the other side and you're like, uh yeah, yeah.
0: Is that the best choice?
2: Exactly. So But it
0: usually makes a good story when you have it that. It does feeling. make a good
2: story. And that's also a bit sad that I've only done it on, on like would you do oh. it again? An alcohol. Absolutely. Oh, no, I do sure it again with I'm sure that wasn't your only too.
0: opportunity, too. I'm mm. sure you'll have.
2: Yeah, I'm just so discerning with the opportunities that I have. And I'm also, after putting myself into all this work, and as, as I mentioned, I'm just really discerning with whom I share intimacy with. Uh, yeah. I don't do it with anyone, even though I'm sure I could do it more, a lot more often than I do. I just don't. I'm mm-hmm. not interested. And really, I can be deeply attracted to a person and their physical appearance, but if they do not show up um, as a person, you know, I'm just going to lose all my interest. It's like, if we cannot vibe on more dimensions than just being attracted to each other physically, I'm not going to, like, share intimacy with you. It's just not going to happen because I'm deeply attracted, in the end, to a person as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's the main reason. And I definitely going to a threesome again i would do it with my best friend again even it's sort of a dream that i have i have a dream to it's going to be hard to share it with both of them because they're both really my best friends but i have a dream to share the Experience. partner yeah actually partner with wow. with my best friend it's like one of those Is dreams that i have dream? i don't know i think that he would be open to it actually i think that he would be open to it i'd be open to do it with any of those guys, I don't really no. care who, because <laughs> they're equally as good of my. It friends. seems like
0: you have a lot of respect and trust with each other, so.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It comes. I mean, they—they're my priority always. Like they're my closest brothers. It doesn't—it doesn't matter what happens between us. I know that we're—they're always gonna be my priority like, yeah. always.
1: And so we've actually never been to a sex party, but, I don't know. I have this picture in my head of being at a sex party and you have, sex with multiple people. So mm. has there never been a threesome situation at a, at a sex party that you've been to?
2: Not with penetration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I've been in, in intimate um, sex parties where there's been a lot of intimacy and kissing and snuggling and doing all those different things, and also, you know, other sorts of intimacy, but not penetration mm-hmm. for me. People around me has been. So I've been in, I would say, in that case, many threesomes, but I have not been in a threesome where I. Put, that's the how one I see a threesome. Training. Yeah the one penetrating more than one person at the time or sharing in this case with my best friend a woman we would both penetrate mm-hmm. that woman then i've been in like huge orgies even <laughs> but i've not again yeah.
0: personally i just don't
2: like go around with my stick and just like i'll go there and there <laughs> you know it's like
0: <laughs> like head massages we'll yeah yeah we we'll just like and also
2: we STDs and all those things, yeah. it's like, oh, you never know, and you know, it's it's fun, but in the end, I you want to be careful.
1: So, how do, the, how do these sex parties work? Is it mainly like that? Do you mainly go and kiss people, and it's foreplay, and it's snuggling? No, yeah.
2: it's, it's there's like a lot of stuff happening there, like people are having full power sex, and... Just uh, slapping
0: away in the corner. And I mean, know. yeah, it's
2: super fun, like over there, in the corner, there's like five people who's having like a spanking game, and you can just go there if you want to be spanked and just, like, explore that. And over there, there's, like, three women, you know, just, like, giving a blow blowjob to one guy. And there's like, just so many things happening in a sex party it's like a all buffet. over the place. It's a buffet, but choose. it always starts slowly. We start with communication, with really showing up as yourself, and we're not, like, rushing into anything. It's really, like, a deep psychedelic journey almost where we're just, like, slowly being induced by it. And in the end, everyone's just everywhere and having fun like it's it's one of the coolest things because everyone's so naked like on all dimensions and there's just so much happening you can go to different sort of stations
0: so i actually had a question because we just like yesterday got invited to a sex party that i don't think we'll be attending but i've checked the guest list and it's one that you are actually attending soon Mm. and i was reading the schedule and just trying to like get my bearings on it and they say that at one point in the beginning, the men and the women are separated. Hmm. And then there's, like, a talk on consent. Yeah. Is, is that usual? Like, does that normally happen where, like, men and women kind of have separate time? Or is that just this particular event? Like...
2: I have not read the, <laughs> the information. <laughs> <laughs> I just read... I just get invited and I read, like, okay, up. conscious sex part. i like, cool, I'll just go there. I'll you know, it. I don't really care about what happens. I know that in the end, I'm not personally attached to... A specific schedule or okay. set up or i'm just yeah i know that this is a framework for consent and for respect but in the end there's going to be so much freedom within that framework but the framework is there so that people don't cross boundaries and not come with like radical expectations that this is just going to be the wildest thing ever because in the end it doesn't matter who you are we have feelings and we want to stick to respecting those feelings Um, Especially in the groups where I come from. I bet that there's like huge sex parties out there where people don't give a fuck. They just completely close off and they just go into their wildest dreams about being punished in in all sorts of ways. And to me, that is not what I am after and it's not what I think is healthy for us. I think that we can explore these things from a healthy perspective and that is by being fine-tuned with our emotions and with our feelings in every moment again. And being so clearly with our with our boundaries and with our communication it's like okay this is going too fast can we slow down okay i'm not feeling that right now can we slow down and always always you know bring the communication in and i think this is the bigger difference in these parties apart from a lot of other sex parties out there that there is a deeper level again of consciousness within them
0: it seems like I was reading the reviews, too. They have, like, a review section from a lot Mm. of girls who have come either by themselves or with a partner. Yeah. And the first line for everyone is, I was so scared beforehand. I had no idea what to expect. Like, I was really nervous. And then the last line was always, like, I'm definitely coming back. This Mm. is one of the best things I've ever done. Like, everyone here was so safe and made me feel so loved. And it's really interesting because in my head, everyone who listens knows, like, I'm not actually a very sexual person. Like, Mm. a lot of sex scares me. Most people scare me. Mm. So the idea of, like, Going into a room where everyone is potentially going to try to mm. fuck you, right? Like yeah. some of the other parties that we've heard about, which are definitely not conscious mm-hmm. parties, like hardcore bondage parties, yeah. just terrifies me. But then this seems so much more gentle and respectful and like a good way for girls, girls specifically, Absolutely. to like be in a safer space.
2: Yeah, and I think also it's a, it's a beautiful opportunity for you to dive into your fears and to meet those fears from a safe space and to be held within those. And whether you act upon them or not, no one's going to bat an eye and no one's going to push you into anything and that's what I love. If you come to a sex party that I go to and you're fully closed for the whole time, no one's going to give a fucking shit about it. No one's going to try to push you into that's anything. It's like you're just allowed to sit there and watch and just be. It's completely okay you don't have to do anything that is outside your field but it's also encouraged to like okay where's your boundary set and where is your comfort zone and can you do you want to and can you allow yourself to move a little bit beyond that to see what lies beyond is Is there greater liberation freedom can i become more can i explore fear and go into that fear and maybe transform that so that's also, I think there's so many more deeper intentions into these parties and just going and just exploring intimacy mm-hmm. or just having good sex. It's about really like facing fears and becoming a better person. It's, it's like a container to to explore ourselves intimately.
0: They should hire you. <laughs> you can, you, you can write the posters that you won't read.
2: Um, yeah. Just
0: jumping back a little bit, we know that you just said you weren't jealous in your most recent relationship because she had a primary partner and you kind of mm. felt your place in that. But in other relationships...
1: Or at sex parties even, have you felt jealousy
2: at a party like that? I mean, I don't feel, I don't, I would, wouldn't say that I feel jealous, mm-hmm. but you know, there is this like, there's absolutely like a scoping thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I am deeply attracted to that woman and you know I do want to explore that mm-hmm. or even man but I don't I'm not necessarily sexually attracted to men but I can feel like I want to share intimacy with them mm-hmm. but let's say for example that I'm scoping someone I'm like that's where I want to go tonight or that's where I want to explore and then I see that person being with someone else like, in, in te- after 10 minutes and I'm like fuck Damn. and then I can get I don't get <laughs> jealous because I don't know her yeah. but I'm, I'm like I'm sort of, sort of though like I'm out fuck this, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, yeah, which can be like a bad thing sometimes because I don't allow myself always to be open to other people. Yeah, I can be a bit like, yeah, I mean, you're like a
0: wine snob, you're like the best one's gone, the rest don't even matter.
2: Exactly, sort of like that. I really, I know what I want and I know what works for me Mm -hmm. and that's what I go for. And I think sometimes it's healthy for me, too, to move beyond that. Do you find sport. that often the thing that you want is the thing that other people want as well? Do you ever find, yeah.
1: like, there's one person who just gets a little bit more attention?
0: Well, to paraphrase that, another mm. thing I did, I, like, scoped the entire guest list of, like, people who are confirmed going. And I was, mm-hmm. like, looking at some of the girls, and I was like, oh, like, this one's really cute, or this one's yeah, really yeah. cute. And then, you <laughs> and I were talking about, like, is this one girl going to be there? And then, like, 15 oh, other yes. people are just going to be beelining for yeah, that girl. Yeah, or yeah. Like, fuck. Like...
2: It's usually not like that. For me, actually, this happens a lot to me and it's really interesting. I don't know why, but something within me tells me that you're going to connect with that person and it always happens. If, if something within me tells me that person and you are going to connect and it's not always when I'm just scoping someone and feel that they're attractive, but there is like a deeper feeling, like there's like a knowing that... This this is happening. Something
0: you're going to teach
2: each other. Yeah, 95% of the time it happens. So that's something that I am, like, sensitive to in that sense. But what was your question again?
0: How have you handled jealousy in past relationships? (sighs)
2: Um, So coming back to the jealousy and and within the parties as well. So that was a party scene. But, yeah, I mean, so the woman that we've been talking about mostly, she was not my most recent Mm -hmm. relationship. I was in another relationship after that that was lasted for two and a half years monogamous or so we were uh, we were open polyamorous beautiful word for the first 8 months and then we were monogamous after that
1: wow that's interesting
2: yeah so we started with How the was the open. transition back I think we were both ready to commit to just being with one another and we saw that there was actually like a bigger challenge to not to invite other people but to stick to just being us yeah. That was like, and I'm a person that is like, what is challenging me? Okay, I'm it's going, going there. Let's go in that direction. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what am I most afraid of? I'm going there. <laughs> it's like, I'm the sort of person that is so attracted to what I find resistance towards. Mm-hmm. And it's not like fucked up things. Like, <laughs> I find resistance towards killing someone. Of course, I'm not going to yeah, go fire there. Fire
0: hurts. Let's burn my Exactly.
2: Out. But if I know that, essentially, it's it's a fear of, it's a fear that is not, it doesn't make sense or it's a fear of whatever that doesn't come from hurting anyone else or doing really fucked up things. I usually go towards that fear. Do you
1: feel like you're going to be a better person at the end of it?
2: I do. I see all these, like, same with open relationship for me. I see it as a, I see it as a layover for self-exploration, but not a destination.
0: Way to face the fears. Do some self work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when I've done all these things, I can also show up as a much better partner in relation to you know the person that I'm going to share you know more time with, or that I'm going to be really committed to.
1: Can you tell us about a bad sexual encounter or a bad instance at a sex party? Is there anything that it didn't vibe mm. with you? Did you ever have any negative really experience? I mean, I had awkward really bad way.
2: sex when I was like young and drunk. Oh, really bad <laughs> sex. Days. Yeah, yeah. And but at a sex party, I no I've not had specifically any bad, no no nothing that I can remember nothing traumatizing or bad or fucked up or well, weird the or joys
0: of being a conscious man.
2: Yeah no it's
0: parties.
2: it's been it's been beautiful it, nothing specifically bad is, um, that's been bad. I want to hear more
1: about you told me about a party where you were blindfolded mm. and you're all running into each other can you expand on that can you tell us what that was like.
2: Mm, this has a beautiful name that I can't remember right now, this specific um, ceremony or practice.
1: And did you see the people before you got blindfolded? Yeah, or? yeah,
2: I did. I knew everyone before. but So it's a practice where we you sort of move like mycelia and you're blindfolded. It was actually one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had because I realized at that point how deeply I judge my attraction with my eyes. You know, I look at a person, like, I'm attracted to that person. So with this practice, it's a blindfolded practice, and you all start moving around in uh, a room. Yeah, eventually, (laughs) it was super fun.
1: You're touching people? You're not
2: allowed to, like, sort of, like, put your hand in, like, their crotch or, like, grab their boob or whatever. So it's more of just touching their arms and their... It's more like just, like, floating and moving around and just, like... It's not so much... That's the whole thing, mycelia is like surrender. It's like you're becoming one of the pack, so you're not like moving radically around and just like pushing people and like dancing. It's more like you're, you're being moved by the flow and by the people and everyone's doing that. But everyone's had such different experiences. It was one man, he didn't touch one person for the whole practice and it was a 90-minute practice. He was just walking from wall to wall. And he didn't touch anyone. Yeah, no one understands how this happened. He was like, where were you? He was like, I thought for a second that I was just alone for for this whole practice. It was a big room, but still. And I was just in the middle of the people like for 90 minutes. And why I was orgasmic was because I was not judging the people that I was touching with my eyes. I was just feeling like bodies. And it was not necessarily sexual it was just a really beautiful feeling just like walking around in like naked bodies and just feeling arms and legs and boobs and heads and hair and everything felt beautiful i didn't judge like oh what does that person look like or smell like or whatever i was just feeling bodies and it was an amazing experience and And then for a second yeah yeah i was like do you you don't realize how Amazing and beautiful this was. Anyways, so and yeah, for a, for a moment you might get stuck with someone specifically, and you might stay with them for a while. But then you're just sort just of keep in this clutch or in this cluster, <laughs> yeah. really. And you're just being. How many people were there that. in
1: this? Like were there
2: thirty-five? 30. Whoa, yeah. that's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Yeah. And so the guy on the outside didn't even hear what's happening.
1: <laughs> it was music
2: <laughs> happening, and oh, it yeah. was like, yeah, and he was like so disappointed. <laughs>
1: He's like, oh, I just paid all this
0: money. And he
2: was walking in, like, literally. And the thing is that the facilitators that was holding the space, they're not blindfolded because they always want to check and, and see what's them. happening. And they were just, like, they told us afterwards. They were, like, holding their mouth because they were just laughing because he was just walking in the a square. They
0: couldn't just, like, point him at They're like, go this way. This yeah, way. but
2: they were like, we just trust that this is what he needs. Hey, maybe this is what <laughs> so he wants. He was just walking in a square around the room the whole time. And he was like, because probably when he got to one end, he just turned, like... <laughs> like, you know, along the wall and just kept walking across that wall. And then he was just doing that for the whole time. Poor
0: oh guy.
1: Oh. Maybe
2: that's what he needed.
1: I
0: mean. Probably.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was an experience. Oh,
0: I mean, this is just another logistics question because I'm curious. But do most sex parties, are they around the same price range ticket-wise? Because mm. I know they, I mean, at least this one was offering, like, food and the venue. Yeah, and
2: yeah. Uh, oof, it, it's... It, Different. It varies a lot, and a lot, some of the sex parties that I've been to are free because it's like a bunch of friends just want yeah. to explore, so... Like it, Burning Man. Yeah, yeah, it depends, you know, okay. it depends completely. And this specific experience that I just shared was at a retreat okay. that is called ISTA. So ISTA is a, is a school that works specifically with these things. Well, it's here in Bali. It's all over the all over the world
1: and so when you got into this scene, was it something that you did with a partner, or like this specifically the one in, or did you come in as a single man
2: both I've explored a lot of different workshops retreats um festivals, both uh, as a single man and in relationship yeah so and I think it started it started as a single man and then it. It was explored with both of my partners, that, you know, my most recent ones.
1: So I feel like this is like a lot of men's dream is to be a single man at a party like this. How did you get
2: that opportunity?
0: Being the one did, who gets invited in by all these girls to go. Mm,
2: to did you have people vouch for you or? Uh, to be honest, this is so interesting. There is more women at these parties than men. And why there is more m- women at these parties than men is because there is very few men that dares to show up in this way oh really yeah and to be there because sure i mean if you want to go to these parties and think they're just gonna like have sex forget it you need to show up you know in so many different ways and you need to be to a conscious woman and a woman that really knows what she wants i mean don't just expect that you're going to be like handsome and come there and just like you know sweep them off it it doesn't work like that
0: they're like i see your shit i see yeah
2: exactly Uh so i think there's more women that is doing the work and that is able to show up and Mm -hmm. step in fully into this with consciousness and with like respect and consent and all these things so there's usually more more women than men
0: i think that's normally a good thing for any group in life
2: as far as i'm gonna like any
0: (laughs) room where there's more girls it's probably gonna be a better time for
1: anything,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to agree with that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. I think it's a primal thing, too. We see in, in the animal kingdom, we see a very repetitive theme, and every single animal in the animal kingdom, all the males are fighting for the women, yeah. all the males are fighting for the women, whether it's birds, lions. I mean everything. There, the men are just fighting for the women. It just—it's a continuous theme, and I think it's a quite primal thing. I mean, sure, there's going to be jealousy between women as well, but there's this primal thing of showing up as a man and just like
0: dominance and yeah, dominance territory. and
2: and you know, but also like enclosure and ownership and all these things. Like this is my territory. You're not moving into this territory. But also knowing that we can move beyond these limited beliefs. And sure, it can be scary, but for me, it came down to my own self-worth. And knowing that, sure, my woman might share intimacy with another man, but that's not going to make me less worthy. That's really what it comes down to for me. Because I am still going to be there and love myself. Because essentially, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, are you able to love yourself so fully That whether your partner chooses to be with someone else or not, can you remain stable and know that I am equally as worthy and her choices or his choices does not define who I am.
0: I feel like that's a really healthy grounded place for it to come from. Mm. And also so hard for so many people. It
2: takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of practice and it takes exposing yourself to these things and catching yourself. All right. Maybe you feel like you want to go there. Okay. Explore it and catch yourself and communicate okay i'm feeling jealous what is happening within me right now because when you feel that and when you because often when we feel that we close we just put a big door like boom you're not getting in i'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the day fuck this you know but if we can allow ourselves to just open and be honest and communicate and be like this is what i'm feeling this is what's happening blah 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 and we sort of take the seat of the we say in, in yoga the seat of the seer so we don't identify with what's happening, but we okay. just explore and observe what is happening and we allow it to come out and we, we communicate about it. We don't identify ourselves with it. That's really when we can start moving beyond and realize that this is not us. This is not who we are and this is not a defini- definition of us. This is just a byproduct of the, the continuous um, programming that's been happening from generation to generation to generation to generation. And this is not essentially who we are as people. And whether you want to go there or not, it doesn't matter. But where does it come from? And is it actually you that is jealous? Or is it something that was passed on by your grandfather's grandfather's grandfather for generations? And that, is just, and that you're carrying into the next generation over and over again. There's an invitation to break patterns and to see where these things are coming from. Because essentially this is going to bug you till you die if you don't face it, you know. And that's really what it is, like all these things. That's why I'm like, is it challenging? Okay, I'm going there, you know. Fuck my partner in front of me because I want to face this fear. I want to become a better version of myself. I want to live more fully. I don't want these to hold me back from being who I am, you know. And I don't want any of these feelings to to not allow me to experience life fully and be loved and be worthy and be a beautiful person and i'm not gonna allow it to destroy my day
0: yeah
2: you know it's like i'm going there and i'm not saying that for that's for everyone i'm just i've forced myself into that space it's a
0: brave stance to take like clearly it, it leaves a lot of room for growth and opens up all these opportunities i know one thing that I was talking about the other week and when I was wondering why that's, this particular thing is so hard for him is because, mm. and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he grew up in a very masculine, like, competitive hockey world when he was mm. young and surrounded by these big men who would fuck a lot of women. It was really aggressive and really testosterone-filled. Mm. And I feel like, especially for you as a young boy, like, being around that those type of men as your role models like and as your father figures is, like, really impacted the way that you like, hold your self-value and, like, why you always need to be so, like, strong and competitive and, like, kind of being the best with everyone, but mm. I, I think a lot of people don't pay attention to, like, the way that they were raised as, like, what programmed them, and mm. they just assume, like, well, this is just the way the world is, I'm like, yeah. but what did your parents tell you, or girls, right, being told that, like, you know, you need to be, like, quiet and polite and nice and, like, don't hold your boundaries and just, mm. like, you know,
2: Exactly. Like a lot
0: of people have to work so on that.
1: I have a question for you. Who, do you, who would you recommend go to the parties like this? Like, do you think it's people who are already at that place where they're open or people who are jealous and mm. need to open up? Who, like, what sort of person do you think is the ideal person to go
2: to a party like this? I think anyone who is open to exploring these things, and, but just knowing why you want to explore these things. And what is your intention? And my intention can be completely different to yours. You know, it would be a fucked up party if everyone just came to the party because they wanted to explore their jealousy, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Everyone's <laughs> like,
1: super big. Everyone's
2: essentially so coming from their own personal intention and their own personal view, and everyone's there for a different reason. And some people are there only to explore pleasure, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a lot of people who's not. Some people are there to face their fears, yeah. and to some people are maybe there to just explore their their curiosity what's happening at these parties i just want to see it you know there's so many different things yeah (laughs) exactly i have so
0: many questions i'm like it's so scary to me but i just want to know like who comes here and what are they doing what are the activities and what's the food on the menu like i don't
2: but that's i love that you say that because at the the retreat that i was at this where we did this mycelia everyone's naked puddle thing (laughs) um my teacher said he was like it's beautiful you're so allowed to come into the space and just be the observer because we are curious as humans. You know, we want to see, explore, we want to know. You know, we cannot, we shut that part down so often, you know, this curiosity. And that's really what is also like the essence of being alive. What a child has that a lot of, like older people does not have is this like beautiful childlike curiosity of like just seeing the world of like, wow. You know, this is cool, this is cool. But we sort of shut that down and we become like, you know, mature and mature. we grow up. And yeah, but to keep that sort of curiosity is super important. We did one ceremony that was a self-pleasuring ceremony where we were 35 people in a room and everyone was self-pleasuring. No one was touching.
0: And you could all see each other?
2: Yeah, and that was one of the things. It was like you can either do your self-pleasure thing, or you can move and dance around the room, or you can watch people. Just look at people, because curiosity is a huge part of us. Yeah. So, you know, I think often in these, in, you know, even when you look see people kiss, like in public, mm-hmm. you'd look away. You know, you wouldn't necessarily just sit and stare at them. That would be so, <laughs> that would be weird, you know? Even how people look at you is kind of a strange yeah but in this space it was so inviting it was like look at people like observe them what is happening like see them making love to themselves yeah be curious you see them it's completely fine and okay and that was like ah thank you you know (laughs) because essentially if i would go on to that and he would tell me that that was not okay i would just continuously try to not look even though I wanted to, it. but he was like, you can, I was like, nice, I can just look and just be okay with that, and I'm not stupid, yeah. and I'm not fucked up just because I'm curious, and I want to see what's happening, <laughs> yeah. Would you say the Bali is a fairly sexual place? Ooh, I think this island has deep sexual energy, we say it holds like Shakti, so this, this island is really like a feminine island in so many ways. It holds a really beautiful feminine energy and there's a lot of sexual energy here as well, definitely. Um, that
0: explains all the hot people.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. Like it, it's, it really attracts that, I think, in essence, a lot. So yeah, it's, it's a highly sexual island, <laughs> for sure.
1: Do you think it's possible or realistic to go in as a couple and Have a threesome with a girl at a party like that or no?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hmm. Well, there we go. It's our only very targeted question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if if
2: that's your intention and you share that intention openly, um, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't see why that would be in any way discouraged or not okay. If you go into that space with a clear boundary set, this is who we are, we're a couple, we are interested in inviting another woman and you communicate Mm -hmm. that absolutely and that's what it comes down to communication it doesn't in just all accidentally dimensions. turn
0: into like a human centipede of people joining in
2: no if you don't want to be in that centipede then you don't have to and <laughs> this is the thing and this is really like there's an invitation to make really conscious choices in relation to continuously checking in with what is true to, to us and what is our truth in this moment and am I doing this for someone else or am I doing this for me?
1: That actually sounds really cool. It feels like, feels like, yeah, as long as you communicate well with your partner, you can figure out ways to, like, explore and push your boundaries in very small ways and
2: do whatever feels absolutely good at that moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Philip, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom?
2: If it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Uh, if it's a maybe, it's a no. no. If it's a yes, it's a no. If it's not a fuck yes, it's always a no. And also knowing that saying no is saying yes to something else that is gonna be so much better for you. So within you know the realm today of sexuality and feeling like we have to show up in a specific way, if you're not feeling it, then don't fucking do it. Say no, practice owning your no. That is gonna elevate your truth in so many ways. And that's gonna really allow you to drop in to who you are and owning yourself. In all moments, it's like your partner is asking for something in your intimacy, in your bed even. And you're like, okay, yeah, internally you feel like you don't want to do it, but you're like, I want to show up for my partner. No, because you're essentially giving something from a place that is not pure. You know, you're actually taking something. Be honest. Like, no, I do not feel like I want to do that. I cannot show up in that way. And then maybe that's going to bring up challenge, but communicate continuously. And it gets better
0: and you don't resent your partner for it. I want to get yeah. that on a shirt. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. It's funny, when you started your final words of wisdom, I thought you were just talking about life in general, and it still applied. It's yeah, like, if yeah. it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. And I was like, that makes sense. And then I was like, oh, and for sex, right?
2: Yeah, no, definitely all for things. sex. I mean, all things. And really, like, show up, show up as your truest form and as your truest self, and you're going to be rewarded in so many ways. And you're going to see that... People are, more open to, people are more open to honesty than you might think, and people are more open to going into this than you might think. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had, yeah, I've personally had like sessions where I'm like, I'm not doing that. I say no, and that opens up a whole new realm of like, okay, what can we do instead, and why, and what's happening, and it just invites deeper intimacy because essentially it's, it's me being intimate in another way and sharing my vulnerability and my honesty. So if it's not, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. How can people find you? Instagram. Or do you,
0: do you still want people to you? No, you can find, find you. me. Okay.
2: You can find me. Uh, Instagram is a good place. Okay. Um, so, you can maybe, I don't know if you type it, but Philip Flow Yoga is my Instagram. Yeah. It's a good place to find me.
0: We will link his socials uh, in the show notes and in yeah. the description. And then thank you for taking the time out of your very busy Bali life to come and hang out on our... Bed
1: yeah. in our hotel room. <laughs> I, really, I really like talking with you. It's really good.
2: Thank I feel you. like you opened my mind. It's a very mm. different
0: perspective too. Yeah, I like.
2: yeah, appreciate that. Thank you for having me.
0: Also, thank you guys so much for supporting us on the book launch. It was really scary, but you were all amazing, and it was just beautiful seeing how many people reached out to us. And the book sales are going well. So again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to my personal page, which is or page at and of course the How to Have Threesomes Instagram page. We always love hearing from you. Also. If you could take just a moment to leave a rating or review on the podcast, it really does mean the world to us. You don't actually have to write anything if you don't want to, and if you leave a star review, your name is not attached in any way. So if you're worried about people seeing, you can just give us a star, and we'll love you forever.
1: And we just hit 10,000 views on the podcast. You. You! Thank you, guys.
0: See ya.